Welcome back, guys. Uh, another episode of Chase Kelly's podcast. Um, sorry for the delay and getting another one out to you. Uh, been a lot of things going on with, with work and training dogs and, and everything life throws at you uh, from time to time. But all good things. Been working on a lot of new new ways to get content to you guys. New growth ideas for our business. Just a lot of a lot of different moving parts at one time. Seems like instead of two of us, we need about 10 of us some days. But yeah, just uh, we'll continue to knock these out as, as quickly as we can. We'll start to have some more guests on, especially as we get a little bit closer to the season. Right now, we're probably just going to be a lot of me and Jordan kind of giving you guys our story. So yeah, hope you guys enjoy that part. Um, like I said, if some of you haven't don't know already, but we are fully, uh, fully involved, I guess now. Um, we are... We are going to open up our books to guiding mostly quail. We will we'll consider some, some woodcock trips here and there in North Carolina. Um, mostly going to be a, a wild quail guide here in North Carolina. We are going to do this on a very limited basis to start. One, so that we feel comfortable making sure that you know we have the right amount of time to devote to each uh, individual trip. Uh, we're not going to overbook. We're not going to make our strip it'll be one one party i think we'll probably do something max of three or four people uh in a party and it'll be me and jordan and we'll both be together we'll both guide we won't split it to make we want it to be more of a uh an experience than it is more of a hunt you know we want to be able to capture some photos and some videos and things like that that will hopefully last you know be a lifelong memory for some people reminds me of this past season when we got it with steve that video that you took even though it was kind of impromptu last yeah. second like you just threw yourself on up and, and got that cubby flush and him shooting his first wild bird and then you even dropped your gun and or dropped your phone and, and ended up uh, almost taking a shot into the cubby like that was that's just a cool memory that all three of us will have for a very long time but yeah that's kind of a little bit of what's been going on with us we haven't got a dog trailer um, as well, I'll let Jordan uh, kind of give you the details of that fun trip. Yeah, that was a that was an exciting almost forty hours on the road, and it was only supposed to be sixteen there and sixteen back, fifteen and a half, something like that. Fifteen and a half there and back, and we left my. I think we left your house at what, like three o'clock on a Monday afternoon, and I think I got home. I think I got home at about five a.m. on Wednesday morning. Yeah, so I saw it thirty-eight yeah, hours. I mean, <laughs> it, it it seemed like it took forever. We kind of know what happened there. I posted on my story and everything with the flat tire and all that good stuff. Before that, Bucky's, dude, that place is awesome. That's the coolest gas station that I have ever seen, and we have to get some of those like in North Carolina. Bucky's is awesome. If you don't know, Bucky's is this giant. It seemed like it had about a hundred gas pumps out front, which was kind of cool. It was like two hundred big bunch of gas pumps, but they have like a store section. They have you know your gas side. They've got a full food court in it. They've got snacks. They've got literally everything, and they have some of the best gas station food that you will ever eat. They had this like. It was like a turkey, I think it was a turkey bacon ranch melt. Oh my God, that thing was delicious. I had two of them, one on the way to Oklahoma and on the way back. That was, yeah, not that to was really the first cool. one you had on the way out there about 12 o'clock at night. Yeah, but that thing was good. It hit the spot. So we went to, it's either Cupaw or Quapaw. I haven't really figured out how to say it yet, but went out to Oklahoma, picked up a six hole solid point trailer. Really cool setup. 
video on my Instagram, kind of went over everything. I mean, he's got some of the biggest boxes on a dog trailer that I've ever seen. Uh, got two Max Air fans on top of it to keep it cool. Giant front compartment with a, you know, it's got a deep cycle battery in it. It's got a, a 16 gallon water tank. I mean, we could put a 35 or 40 gallon tank in there, honestly, as big as that section is. But drove out there literally just over the Kansas line, picked that guy up, and then turned around and pretty much drove back home. It's, it doesn't have an insulated floor, which isn't it's not a big deal for us because it doesn't get super cold anyway. But the walls and the roof or the ceiling are insulated. You could probably get it. I'd imagine you could get it as an option uh, to have the insulated floors. Uh, you just have to talk to talk to that fellow about it. Um, removable mats that are on the inside, which are really nice. Uh, drain, screw in drain plugs. Really, really sweet. What do you say? It weighed 1,400 pounds. Got a 3,500 pound axle underneath it. So it's a really, really sweet gig. I think it's going to serve us well. We could, I know we only have, what, nine dogs now? But we could easily carry all of our dogs in that trailer and have room to spare. If you guys are looking for a trailer, lead times are going to be months out in advance. We kind of got lucky with, with purchasing that. It's like six six to eight months out for, for lead times there. So keep that in mind. His trailers are, are, are really, really nice. Um, he builds them all himself. I think he has one or two people that help him. But really, really good stuff. You guys really need to check him out if you're in the market for, for a dog trailer. Not super expensive either. I mean, he, he doesn't charge you an arm and a leg, but he does good work, so you're going to pay for it. We're getting close to season, man. We are, uh, what was it this morning, 71 days until Michigan? 73. 73 days. Man, we are right around the corner, but it seems like it is taking forever and being 115 degrees we outside. Are, we are in the dog days of summer, my friend. It is killing me. I am so ready to see start seeing people start heading out west, mm -hmm. even though we won't be heading out west until early october but i am so ready to start seeing people start posting pictures of prairies and aspens and the leaves starting to change colors in other parts of the country because we are a long way from that here in north carolina mm -hmm. uh, it is it has been brutal for the last i don't know month i mean july has been super hot a couple other little small little updates um we went and trained with our buddy Joe up at River Rome Kennels. Gosh, I guess that's been two weeks ago now. Joe is an awesome dude. Thank him for having us out. Um, it was an awesome day. We got we got to watch him work his retrievers early on in the morning, and then we switched to, and worked some pointing dogs with him later on uh, before it got too hot. But yeah, it was a it was a great experience. Um, something I'd never seen. I don't think you'd ever seen it either with the retrievers. Watching those guys oh, retrieve wow. blinds and run blinds at 300 yards, and I mean straight out the box. I mean it's it's just wild. You had to walk over, open the trailer door, get the dog out of the trailer, walk to your blind, send that dog, and then all of a sudden he's out there at 300 yards or so, 250 yards, and running back to you with a bumper in his mouth. And a couple of them did it. I mean he didn't even they lined them up and. That was it. Yeah, <laughs> these were all young anything. dogs. Just... Yeah, I mean these are all young dogs too. I mean they're. I think the oldest dog that he ran that day was uh, maybe 10 months old when it came mm -hmm. to his retrievers. But, I mean, yeah, he's, he's a great dude. Um, if you're in his area and you need any help, I'd highly recommend him. Does a lot of AKC testing with his dogs. Uh, got a great set of dogs. I think that was the biggest short hairs I've seen. <laughs> I mean, that dude 95 pounds. <laughs> I think he's more in the 80, 82 pound range, but he's a, he's a big dude for a GSP. He makes some people's labs look small. But yeah, other than that, I mean, uh, we had a uh, had a good training day on Monday. 
Um, it's I guess it'll probably be about Thursday or Friday before you guys are able to hear this episode. But uh, Monday we had a great day. Um, took the trailer down to the club for the first time. Took all of our dogs. Everybody got worked. Uh, we also took three client dogs down uh, for client evaluations. Uh, we've got a lab that uh, is kind of, I don't want to call them gun shy. We'll say gun sensitive. Had that issue pop up last year in, I guess, South Dakota or Nebraska is where they had him when it happened. Um, kind of a, you know, a dog that's supposed to be a, out of national champion lines and things of that nature. So kind of a sad story, but you know, I think it's something that we can, work on he did really really well with his positive pigeons and we even we even were able to shoot a you know our cap guns at probably about 100 yards somewhere in that range i mean it you know we weren't we were he's not ready to go out there and shoot 12 gauge over top of him or anything like that but uh we made made strides with him he did very well with that it's going to be a long process but it'll be a fun one it'll be something really good for us to learn then let's see we also had a short hair who wants kind of some finishing work done. She's out of some good lines, out of, actually out of a lot of European lines. Good, nice looking dog, classy looking dog, covered ground really, held point really well. She gets a little happy feet once you go in to flush the bird. But once the bird's flush, she stands there, <laughs> which is the weird part. Yeah, <laughs> you know, she once the, once the Once the bird goes to the air, she's steady to, steady to flush. Um, now when you sh- when you did shoot, when I did shoot the cap gun, she did take off. So, I mean, there, there's some work there. But it'll be, it'll be, she'll be a good project for us uh, as well. And then we did a, a Brittany, um, a little Brittany puppy that's, I think about eight or not, maybe nine or 10 months old, somewhere in that range. I am not a Brittany person. I'm not looking to own a Brittany anytime soon, but that was a good looking dog. A lot of great natural qualities. They hadn't done a whole lot of bird work with that dog. That, that dog's got some drive. They hadn't done any gun introduction. That was, I don't think you have a problem with that one. I mean, we shot the cat gun around them a bunch once we got them going with positive pigeons and things of that nature, but I, I, I was very impressed with that dog. Um, I mm-hmm. like the way he covered ground. He listened really well. The little girl, I think she's maybe somewhere between 12 and 14. That's her, her puppy. She's done a great job working with that dog. Kudos to her for what she's done with it. Um, hopefully we can give her the same in bird work and they'll have a have a heck of a little hunting dog uh, when they go to Nebraska uh, here, here in a few months. Yep, yeah. I mean, that dog was impressive. What it took, I think we ran four positive pigeons, shot a cap gun over him, put him back in the box ran two other dogs, maybe three other dogs, pulled that Brittany back out and put a bird in a launcher for him. And he went over there and pointed that bird. I mean, just right off the gate. He's got a lot of natural ability in there. We ran probably two and a half hours worth of dogs. I mean, we ran, because we ran mm-hmm. their three dogs first and then we ran all of our dogs. So he had yeah, that's right. six or eight dogs ran in between the time. So right now, you know, I'm working with Onyx with Force Fetch, right? I think it's really interesting those if you give dogs breaks and in his instance you know whether it was two hours or three hours or whatever it was i really think they sit there in the box or in their kennel or around the house and they sit there and think about that stuff because with onyx so i'm using right now i'm toe hitching him right i'm kind of starting to overlay collar with with, with the toe hitch i can put him on that table and pop him with a toe hitch twice and i'll never have to touch him again with a toe hitch i mean he's just automatically just picking up those bumpers off the ground, off the table, wherever they are, he's picking them up. So I really think you can get as much work done in a shorter time period, you know, whether it's a seven minute session or 
an hour running them in a field or whatever it is and then giving them a break. I think they learn just as much during that break than they do while they're working. Well, yeah. I mean, look at, look at, uh, when we went with Joe, you know, that was a great, to me, that was a great learning experience. You know, he pulled out that little red female lab had been doing great for the last month and a half on training. He sends her, and I mean, she just either wasn't her day or she just wasn't in the mood to play the game, whatever the case was. Right. But I mean, she ran around and was like, no, nah, I'm not playing this game today. So mm-hmm. he whistled her back to him. She went out of the truck two minutes, put her up, ran the rest of the dogs, pulled her back out of the box. And she looked like she was a finished dog on the second time around. Like it's just sometimes they have to, you know, you have to be able to show them, hey, we're not playing your game. This is my game. We're playing, you know, yeah. and you got, uh, or this is our game is what you really want them to be able to play. It definitely can happen for sure. You know, it's better for you to stop, think about what you're doing, or if the dog's not acting right, whatever the case may be, it's better for you to just stop and either come back tomorrow, come back two hours from now i mean if you don't have another dog i know it can be a pain but you know go sit down for 30 minutes at the top go but take that time put that dog up collect your thoughts so that you're not doing something you shouldn't be doing to that dog and then turn it around instead of when you're trying to make a half a step forward with a dog and the dog's not acting right and then you get frustrated you know things happen and all of a sudden now we've taken three or four steps backwards um, because you got frustrated and you did something or the, and then the dog caught the bird or the dog busted the bird or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. It's just better to take your time. Slow is fast. Slow is fast. I think if you look at all your older dog trainers that have been doing it for a long time. I mean, I was reading a post earlier today from Stony for Gordon Setters, you know, the client text him a week into having a five month old dog. Hey, you got that dog pointing yet? And his response is perfect. You know? Oh yeah. No, I don't have him pointing. I'm not doing it fast. I'm doing it right. You know, that is just a, mm-hmm. it's just a perfect thing. You know, that's why I always tell people, you know, some dog might point it, you know, Ash pointed it four or five months old, you know, Timber still acts like she doesn't want to point and she's almost a year old or is a year old. I don't even know, but you know, each dog is different. Each dog develops different. Um, you know, I think it's going to be important for us to be able to adapt to all kinds of dogs, you know, whether it's a Brittany, whether it's a pointer, whether it's whatever kind of dog it is, they're all going to, they're going to work different. So not being strictly, you know, all I've got short hairs, well, minus Howard, but you know, all I've got short hairs, I need to start diversifying that a little bit and start training other dogs and figure out how pointers operate. We've got an English setter, you know, maybe we need to start getting, looking into red setters or Broncos or something. I don't know. Just start kind of diversifying everything and learning yeah. what works with what breeds. Yeah, let's go ahead. You want to go in hash? We'll go buy us a red setter right now. Yeah, sure. I'll give you $27. <laughs> I will find me one right now. Let's get into the meat, the meat of this thing. Um, so we're going to, like I said earlier, you know, kind of in the introduction, um, we've been working on a lot of different things and things that we could do. Um, planning for this season um, and how we can get content out and and things of that nature. Um, We've decided that as we hunt, whether we're guiding, well, if we're guiding, we're both not taking guns. Uh, We will both have cameras, uh, whether it's GoPros, uh, regular DSLR cameras, whatever the case may be. Uh, Not to get boring and all that, but we've decided that me or Jordan, every time we drop dogs, 
we're either going to we're going to do it one or two ways. Whoever dogs are on the ground is hunting, or whoever's dogs that are on the ground is filming. For the most part, me and him were never tote a shotgun at the same time this season, which hopefully it'll be cool for us and be cool for you guys um, to get be able to get some stuff out. Uh, we'd like to be able to, you know, as we start getting into the season, you know, maybe even in dove season, start doing some filming and maybe even start a YouTube channel for, you know, some of our training videos and things like that. Uh, we just got a, got a lot of moving parts, so it, it takes time for everything to build up to do all these parts. But with that being said, we have set uh, a kind of a crazy idea and we got a crazy buddy going with us who's all in for it. And, you know, it, it takes, I guess it takes three or four of us crazy people to get together to come up with some crazy ideas. So what we are going to do is we're going to try to get a, basically a Michigan Upland Slam in five days. The only thing I don't know if this, we are not going to go after Bob White Quail. I don't even know. Michigan has Bob White Quail, to be honest with you. Um, I would assume that they do have a season, but uh, we are excluding Bob White Quail in this. But we are going to Michigan uh, with our good buddy Steve. We're going to we're going with him. He's going to meet us there from New Jersey in October, around the middle of October. We are going to try to do this Michigan Upland Slam. We are going to try to kill rough grouse. Woodcock, pheasant, and the wild card of the all the, of the whole group, uh, <laughs> a sharp tailed grouse. All in Michigan, all in five days, and we are going to do our best to video it and get you as much content as we can. Um, mm -hmm. Michigan is very well known for the grouse and woodcock hunting. Obviously, there are some people that know that there are some pheasants in. Michigan, it's not like it's a destination pheasant hunting state, but there are birds there. And then the sharp tail part, uh, we just kind of, even before we thought about this kind of Michigan slam thing, me and Jordan had talked about, you know, where's somewhere we can go that nobody really pays any attention to that we can do that's something different, which we wanted to go back to Michigan because Michigan near and dear to our hearts because that's where we started our upland journey. So once we, we've decided that we were going to go back to Michigan, we're like, you know what? They've got a sharp tail season. It might be on about as good a chance as hitting the Powerball lottery, but let's go do it. Yeah, that's kind of something that we've started kind of focusing on is just doing stuff different. I mean, we were looking over seasons. We were looking at Wisconsin. We were looking at all these different places. And kind of when we set on Michigan, we saw that they had a sharp tail season. I was like, well, where are you supposed to shoot sharp tail in, in Michigan? So we started looking at, found out where we wanted to go. Um, and there's like no information on it anywhere that i've been able to find as far as you know what to look for or, or where to go or anything like that so really we're just basing everything off of pick a pin and go kind of how our entire uh, hunting strategy is that's my specialty yeah sometimes it's good to be lucky you know the old saying better to be lucky than good but when the two come together but you can't beat it <laughs> i think it'll be good i mean i really honestly i think the grouse and woodcock well, we know how grouse are in Michigan, at least. Woodcock, we should be okay. We have, we know a couple spots where we should be fine there. Um, pheasant, I don't, I ain't no. got a freaking clue. <laughs> don't put the dings on us and say grouse and woodcock should be easy. Because <laughs> we'll kill well, a pheasant be. and a shark. Kill yeah, that's fine. I'm fine with that. I'd be mad if we, if we kill a pheasant and a shark tell we don't kill a grouse just because you had something to say about how easy it was going to be. Yeah, that's probably true. Um, but, um, so that's kind of our Michigan trip. Um, again, that's middle of October. Then we'll come back here and 
and get ready for our season. I'm sure we'll figure out something to do for like opening day here. Some video, we'll do some filming and things of that nature, but we'll also maybe try to get together with some people and, and do something special down here. Still working on that. Um, and then our Kansas trip, uh, we are going to try to go for uh, Bob White Quail. Prairie chickens are very high on the list, if not higher than Bob White Quail. We run into a pheasant, we run into pheasant out there. Our goal, this may be lofty, is anywhere between eight to ten coveys of birds a day. Whether that's seven coveys of quail and a covey of sharp tails, or, or sorry, or some chickens, um, then that's fine. Whatever it is, but we're setting setting our goals high for the year so that we can, you know, evaluate what we have, especially as we go out west. You know, make sure that our dogs are proven out there. Obviously, we found decent number of birds last year here but can we make sure that our dogs can travel and and when the rubber meets the road it's it's game time and they show up to perform i, I really look forward to that trip i mean i'm obviously i'm looking forward to the both the trips i'm really looking forward to that kansas trip It'll be our, our first kind of midwest well western midwest it'll be our first one that's diy we've met a, we've already met a lot of good people that, that are already been really gracious and helping us out and that one, I just really look forward to that one. Um, it's in December. Hopefully the weather will be good, nice and cool, not snowing everywhere. I think Kansas is going to be really fun. And I, everybody knows about the bird numbers with quail. So hopefully they're good this year. Um, I haven't heard anything about like super bad droughts or anything out there. So I'm not sure how their, their bird numbers are, but I'm sure we can Google that somewhere and see what's kind of going on out there but it'll be another learning experience that's for sure so i know we kind of touched on it a little bit uh like we said earlier we are going to offer some guided wild bob white quail hunts here in north carolina and some uh woodcock hunts here in north carolina as well our quail hunts we'll do a full day or half day hunts uh, i'm not going to give out any pricing or anything like that on here we are going to do this like i said again on a very limited basis we've picked out probably 10 or 12 dates on the calendar. Now these will be flexible, you know, if there's, you know, somebody that wants to come on a Tuesday or a Friday or whatever, you know, they're not all Saturdays. We'll be flexible, but we're going to kind of limit it to really one a week as we go into the season and maybe even less than that. Um, just depending on, you know, like in December, we may not do a whole lot of availability in December. There's Christmas, there's holidays. Just contact us, basically, if you have interest. Um, you can reach out to me or Jordan. But we will be, like I said, we will be fully wild birds. These will not be planted birds. These will not be preserved hunts. They will be fully wild bird hunts. Um, can't guarantee that you'll, I can nearly guarantee you will find, find a bird. Uh, after that, that's on you. It's on you. Um, <laughs> we will provide lunch either uh, after both hunts, whether it's a half day or a full day hunt, um, cook you a nice hot lunch. And then uh, woodcock hunts will be kind of the same type of deal. I will say one thing um, that we have done, and if we lose some people over this, we lose some people over this. I don't really care because of the people we're trying to cater to. We are going to do, on our quail hunts, we are going to do a two-bird limit. It does not matter where we hunt in the state of North Carolina. I don't care if it's a, you know, it'll all be public land, but wherever we are, uh, the limit in North Carolina is six a person. We are going to limit it to two a person in our party. I don't see a need for anybody in North Carolina to go shoot six quail out of a, especially if 
you do it out of one covey of quail, you're going to wipe out a covey of quail very quickly. It's more of, we want to provide an experience that is true to what the Southeast quail experience is now. We're going to walk a lot. We're going to talk. We're going to have fun. Like I said, we're going to have a hot meal and just enjoy the experience. Um, you know, that was something that Darrell really inscribed with me uh, when I went down and hunted with him. Talking with him, you know, it, everybody wants that experience. I mean, it's no different than us. If we wanted to go to Arizona to, to hunt the quail slam out there, yeah, we want to make sure that we have an opportunity at that quail slam, but we're also paying, paying to have it a good experience. At least that's the way I would be. I, I would not be, yeah. you know, if I went out there and I get killed two of the three or four species, like, but I had a great time. It's not like it's going to ruin the trip for me because I didn't kill the other species. It just to me, it looks at the way I look at it is, well, now I got something I need to come back, you know, yeah. to each his own with that. But that's something that we've done. And like I said, it doesn't matter at the future. We've talked about maybe even grouse guiding here in North Carolina. And if we did that, you know, we would do the same thing. The grouse limit in North Carolina is three, I believe. Is that right, Jordan? Yeah, I believe it's either three or five. I keep, I always mix up woodcock and grouse. It's going to be one for us. <laughs> We're going to, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, that's just something, you know, there's, there's just not a point in us. You know, you're not going to feed your family off of six quail. If you've got four people in your family, you ain't eating off six quail. I'm sorry to tell you. Um, and you ain't right. going to feed your family with three grouse. So, you know, it's, it's more of about the traditions, being able just to experience these upland birds in the southeast because they are they are hard to find that's kind of our our guide program um, if you have any questions about it interested in going with us you know feel free to reach out we are going to do one more thing um, that i forgot to mention earlier uh, with our client dogs uh, with our client dogs we're going to do something a little different uh, we're going to offer a package um, as we go on these trips to Michigan and Kansas, where we run, obviously we take your dog with us and we'll run them on nothing but wild birds for the entire week or five days or 12 days or whatever the case may be. Um, and we also do that here in North Carolina, you know, here in North Carolina, either Kansas, Michigan, North Carolina, it will be on a limited basis. Again, um, you know, one or two dogs a day here in North Carolina probably more in the one to two and they would not be on guided hunts. So you would not have to worry about that. They would be on days where me and Jordan are either one of us are out hunting or both of us are out hunting, whatever the case may be there. Uh, it's not going to be a situation where we put your dog in front of somebody that may shoot your dog. Um, it'll be all just me and him, you know, I would try to say probably not even with any buddies or anything like that. Like it would just be, Strictly us two or one of us by ourselves. Like it's not going to be any anything else. But uh, obviously, safety is very important when it comes to my dog. But it's just a good thing for some people. You know, maybe you don't have time to to go on a wild bird hunt with your dog, or you'd really like to get your dog some wild bird exposure. We have that opportunity, and we will, you know, do our best to put your dog on wild birds. I think it'd be a program that'd be pretty cool. Obviously, a lot of people do it with field trial dogs that go out west, you know, about this time of year, um, anywhere from July 15th to August 1st, people start heading west. All your Dakotas and Wyoming's and Montana's to run on wild birds out there to get training before the season here. Um, we're gonna kind of do the same thing, but we're gonna kind of do it here in North Carolina. 
um, taking dogs with us, you know, training. Um, and that opportunity, I will go ahead and say, that opportunity, if you wanted to do it here in North Carolina, probably legally we can't do it till I think August 15th. So probably September the 1st is when we will start doing it somewhere in that range. Um, we will start doing our, we did whistle counting this morning on some of our public land. And I hope this morning is an indicator of how our season will go because man, we have birds that were fired up. Uh, man, it was awesome. I got goosebumps sitting here thinking about it. Um, mm -hmm. we had birds hammering this morning. I mean, I felt like, you know, the, the turkey hunters, you know, if you're sitting in the woods and you got a turkey that hammers off, you know, the, just the hair on the back of your neck stands up, man. That's, that's what, it, what that's what wildlife like quail does for me. I mean, it, it's just, like I said, I've got goosebumps sitting here talking about it. It was awesome. We had probably 10 to 10 to 15 different bobs at four or five different places. I mean, we were, we, we moved around as quick as we could before the sun got up too high and it got too hot and they quit whistling. A um, couple of areas that we had hunted last year sounded really good. Um, mm -hmm. And then uh, a couple of new areas that we hadn't hunted before sounded like they had a good number of birds in it too. So that'll be a, we'll continue to do that. Um, like I said, we can't legally run any dogs down there until August 15th, but we will probably, we will probably not start until after Labor Day. After that, after that dove crowd kind of winds down, um, you know, we're in there pretty early and out pretty early when it comes to that but there's just there's just no point in us trying to get caught up in that rat race so we'll just we'll hang back we'll not take dogs until maybe maybe even middle of september and then we'll start start running those dogs for a month or so on our public land trying to find birds and, and go from there i hope it's going to be like you said an image of what's to come later but that's the first time that i have ever went covey count and to you know, to sit there and be completely silent for, I don't know, what, 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes, then drive 200 yards down the road, step out your truck, and there's four or five birds. That's pretty cool. It was cool to be able to sit there and, and listen to them and, you know, kind of have that confidence that, hey, I might be in the right kind of spot. And, you know, I might have the right habitat in mind. So, but yeah, I mean, I think the hunt with us program is going to be good. Like you said, we're most of the time we're really not going to be carrying guns. Um, so if we have a client dog that we are taking on uh, a hunt with this program, more than likely there's only going to be one shotgun around them if there's a shotgun around them. Um, a lot of that is going to be, you know, if it's in hunting season, then sure, maybe one of us will. But a lot of it's going to be strictly for the dog work. Um, at, at that point, the harvest is doesn't matter unless we're rewarding that dog for good work. So a lot of time it's just going to be picture taken and, and putting that dog on wild birds because that, that will teach them more than anything that a pigeon can or pin raised quail. Um, just putting them on those wild birds is going to be really, really important for the development of a dog. But switching, switching gears just a little bit, we're planning on doing a giveaway. We're going to team up with Cable Gangs. Uh, if you guys are not following him, go follow Cable Gangs on Instagram. Um, and he has been gracious enough that we are going to team with him uh, and give away a three-dog cable gang system. We're also including in that a North Carolina hunt for two people. So if you guys want to enter the giveaway, we're going to put it up on, it's going to come out on Hunter's page first, so it's Chase and Covey's first, and then I will repost it, and cable gangs will more than likely uh, repost it. So you have to follow all three of us. I'll leave all the ads in the description of the podcast here. Uh, go follow all three of us. 
Uh, you have to like the post on all three pages, and we are going to check. So if you enter this, I am going to check all of them. Um, share it to your story uh, to spread it around, spread the word out. It'll support Cable Gangs for sure, uh, and it'll support us. So that'll be helpful there. Probably do some sort of random number generator uh, or a name generator. I think I can figure out how to do that. I'll Google it. I can figure it out. Um, but we're going to draw it when Hunter's page reaches 850 followers uh, and my page reaches 350. Uh, so as soon as they cross that threshold, we'll cut off the entries. Then um, I'll go in there. I'll figure out how to do all that number generator name picking stuff, and we will uh, get that to you. If you guys reach it next week, we'll draw it next week. Uh, if it's December, we'll draw a December. So keep an eye out for that. I'm not sure exactly when we're going to put that up. Probably within the next, I don't know, three or four days. Uh, maybe when this podcast drops, we'll put that right up. Stay tuned to all three of those. We will make sure that it, that is up shortly. Probably somewhere in the, by Sunday. Let's just say that we'll have it up by Sunday. Hopefully this podcast will drop Thursday or Friday. Uh, I still got to get a couple of final details nailed down with um, Brandon. Um, in case you guys don't know, Brennan is uh, owner of Cable Gangs. He don't know what he does. His stuff is phenomenal. Um, we use it every day when we clean kennels. Um, Jordan has a six dog system, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the first system that I bought is a three was a three dog system, so that's what I still have. Uh, even though somehow he should have the three dog system and I should have the six dog system. Um, not sure how that worked out, but anyway, but yeah, I mean, I just, I just got some of his, um, swivel stakes for his, uh, stakeouts and for his gangs. And they're fantastic. They're high quality. Never had an issue with anything breaking on any of his stuff. Uh, you know, his motto is, you know, break dogs, not tie outs. And I think his, his equipment stands, stands true to that. He's a great dude. He's got some nice looking dogs, but yeah, he's a great dude. Uh, we just got some more of his, uh, drops for our trailer, for all of our tie outs on our trailer. Uh, so, I mean, we, we carry his stuff everywhere we go. He's not a sponsor or anything. We don't have anything like that, but like, it's, you know, if we feel like we support a product and it's good, um, I have no, problem plugging it uh it's a great product and we will continue to use it for a long time but yeah that'll be a good way we'll have it posted sometime this weekend um sorry like i said we've just been super busy with everything going on from driving 2,000 miles in two days to having some clients kind of ready to have their dogs trained before we're really got everything locked down exactly how we want it to i mean and then season fast approaching, so we've got to make sure that our dogs are right and ready to go. So it's been a, been a lot going on. Even though it seems like hunting season was five years ago, it also seems like hunting season was five minutes ago in the same process. Mm-hmm. The, the days are starting to fly by. I mean, everything is starting to run together. Once we once we really decided to go like full on LLC, everything has just it seems like it has run together and we have not stopped, which is good. It keeps us busy, keeps us on our toes, but being able to breathe once in a while is is nice. Yeah. Um, the only other thing is uh, we're going to work on getting out because uh, I have had some people reach out and ask me. We are going to work on getting some merch available. Um, it's not going to be in huge quantities. If you see something that, you know, if Jordan's wearing a shirt that you like, that's a Chasing Kobe shirt, or I'm wearing a hat that you like, just reach out to us. It's going to be the quickest way to do it. Like I said, I mean, I, I don't mean this in any way. Like, merchandise is one of the 
one of the things we definitely want to do, but it's also like comes down to guiding and hunting and this podcast and all the other trips and we got going on merchandise is a little bit farther down the, down the list than anything else. Um, but we are going to work on, we've got some hats. I've got some hats in here. Jordan's going to work on getting our, well, once I get them to Jordan, he'll make sure the patches and everything are on them. The first ones we just did simple, plain Richardson blaze orange 112s. Uh, they'll have our, our patch logo on the front. Uh, we're going to have some koozies coming in soon, uh, decals as well. Um, and then something me and Jordan have kind of thrown around the idea, you know, kind of like a training style, long sleeve polyester shirt. It's breathable, kind of more like a sun, sun shirt type shirt. Um, for training here in the southeast, we are going to have some some guide shirts made for the fall. Um, if anybody's interested in something like that, uh, basically shooting shirt shooting shirts with our logos on them. Yeah, we got a got a lot of things. I'm sure we'll have some beanies. Cold weather gets closer. If you have any ideas of anything you'd like to see, let us know. Uh, I'm sure we'll do some just plain t-shirts and hoodies at some point. But yeah, just a lot of a lot of different things moving and. And going um, at the same time. Yep, it is keeping us keeping us on edge and keeping us keeping us busy. It's better than sitting around and not not moving forward. Everything that we're doing is, I feel like, moving us forward. Everything's the right step that we've taken so far. So bear with us while we try to get everything, you know, figured out. Vendors and how we're going to get logos embroidered and all this kind of stuff. So just. Bear with us, but as soon as we get it, we will uh, we'll update everybody on the uh, Instagrams, and we'll probably do a podcast on the stuff too. So we're gonna. But I will say that Jordan's probably a little bit better at it than I am, but um, I am not one to be on. I don't really care to be videoed. But our main page, Chasing Coveys, we will be videoing a lot more stuff because one, me and Jordan will be able to do a lot more stuff together, hopefully. Um, that maybe we haven't been able to do in the last few months because really we haven't even been able to train together until about three weeks ago. Now that we've been able to do that, we can actually hopefully video some stuff and start to walk you guys through why we do things this way or that way. So you can, you might be able to critique us and help us do it a better way. Um, cause we are all still learning obviously and we're not experts at this by any means. Um, but we'll do some, some gear reviews. Uh, we'll run down kind of how we pack for our trip because we have four people going in my vehicle with us to we have four people and eight dogs going to Michigan. We have two spots open for clients right now. I'm almost hundred percent sure both of those are already full, but they may not be. Um, but yeah, so we've got four people and, and, uh, eight dogs going with us to Michigan, uh, in one vehicle. So it will be fun. Um, We'll do some videos of kind of how we do that, how we use the deck system, the gunners, the trailer, everything. Um, like I said, if you have any questions about training, um, whether it's 30-day program, 60-day program, 90-day program, started, finished, advanced, um, if you, or if you're just having trouble with one simple issue and you say, hey, man, I just want a one-on-one lesson with you or whatever if you want to call it, just reach out to us more than happy to help. Um, I'm sure we can get something worked out with you. And, or if you're interested in a, in a guide trip, reach out to us. We'll try to our best to make whatever date you give us work. 
Um, we do have some dates that we would like to stay away from. Well, we have to stay away from our trips. Um, and then there's a couple of dates here and there that me and Jordan kind of will put aside for kind of just us to kind of decompress and have a day to ourselves to go out and enjoy the our dogs and, and the work that we put into our dogs. Hopefully Darrell is uh, gonna be up here in January, I believe. And you know, so we've got some dates we've got marked off on the calendar. Yeah, we're looking forward to the season. Uh, we're getting there close, guys. Uh, reach out if you have any questions. Uh, other than that, keep on chasing Cubbies.